You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good, good morning, everybody. So, uh, gosh, it's great to be back. We had a minor snafu last weekend, and uh, it happened to the best of us. So, um, and uh, after driving, getting here late, I am in my hometown, Virginia Beach, Virginia, at the Coastal Virginia Auto Show, and it's going to be a great weekend. Um, currently looking out the window, I'm watching the ocean, gently lapping at the beach, and uh, I don't have my frosty Dr. Pepper. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I suffer so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just, it's nice and sunny here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and once we're off the phone, I'll be getting ready, heading down to Nyland Stadium in downtown Knoxville for the, for the Tennessee Volunteers, the Bulls against the Georgia Bulldogs. Going to that football game this afternoon, so that's going to be fun. So, yeah, should be come good. on, Bulls. Wet. Yeah. The weather's good too, right? Yeah, it'll be in the low 60s, so it's going to be nice. Perfect for a football game. So, yeah, I was going to say. Look, weather. Uh, yeah, we've got some nice weather coming up. Back into the garage this week and do some more body work. But, you know, there's nothing worse than sanding Bondo and doing body work. I, that's like the worst part of many restorations. It's so messy and time-consuming and laborious. But it's got to get done. The worst thing, no, not, not, not the body work. The worst thing is... Exhaust work. <laughs> I oh, absolutely. That's... Am I wrong? Especially if you don't have a. Exhaust work is the pits. Yeah. Like I said, if I you don't have it. a lift, it's even worse. So. Oh yeah. But no. We soldier on. We soldier on. I uh. So, yeah, I've sanded a lot of lot of Bondo in my day. The nice thing about it is, you know, unless you're buying the cheap garbage, body fillers are so far superior today what, to what they were 25 years ago. And, you know, I, I know back when you started, they were just using, like, uh, a, a drier form of clay. You know, that you would trowel into the hole and hope it stuck, you know. But, uh, you know, me, a little, little more recent, um, body filler, bondo, bondo, bondo. And now everybody has their own form of bondo. And, and it's much better. It sticks better, sands better. It's all, yeah, technology. Well, let me ask, does it take a magnet better? Rage, uh, $65 for a gallon, you know? 
pretty insane. And years ago, it was five bucks. But like you said, you know, uh, once the EPA gets involved and they start changing formulas, and as time marches on, things get more expensive. So sixty-five dollars, and that's not the cheapest gallon that you could buy. It, it goes up from there. But, but that's the now, in <laughs> in, instead of shaving five years off of your lifespan, you can probably eat it if you get hungry out there in the shop. Yeah, yeah, it won't do anything. <laughs> so what's going on? So what's well, going on in the old world? Well, you know, today, with me anyway, um, I'll just tell anybody that happens to be around uh, within driving distance of Virginia Beach, come down. Some great cars. Uh, this year's Riddler Award winner is going to be there. And yes, it's a modified car, but you know, the, the paintwork and everything is just absolutely unbelievable. So, got, gotta have some respect for that. It's just good looking stuff and, uh, I'll have a chance to, uh, I'll be doing interviews, um, with, uh, Heather Storm, uh, from Garage Squad and then also, uh, Dennis Anderson, um, who, uh, is the creator of Grave Digger, the world's most famous monster truck. I actually knew him uh, before Grave Digger was even famous at all. It was just a beat-up truck, and uh, Dennis was working at the, uh, see, I think it was the Southern States Cooperative, driving a truck. So uh, anyhow, we go way back because he's from, from this area, so... But anyway, it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Um, you know, the car season's winding down a little bit. Um, I'm still, still uh, dragging on with the AMC. It is, you know, <clears throat> it is absolutely true that, you know, you, you get into a job restoration, recommissioning, whatever it happens to be, and you scratch the surface, and before you know it, man, you're into mission creep big time. So yeah. I went from thinking, wow, this thing is going to be great, the engine spins freely, you know, I, I did all the ancillary systems, you know, brakes, fuel, on and on and on. Replacing everything, um, you know, hoses, lines, you name it. And uh, I'm already, and as I've mentioned before, number one exhaust valve. Stuck tighter than Dick's hat band, as my father would say. And uh, there was no getting it loose. So I'm like, okay, well, sadly I'm going to have to pull the heads um, after I had fabricated a tool to try to pull it back up so that I could move it back and forth, maybe free it up. didn't work. And I thought, well, you know, once I get the heads off, then I will just take that valve out and I'll clean everything up. It's only got 62,000 miles on it. should be good to go. I'll lap it back in. And voila. And then I took it apart. I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'll probably take it down to the 
machine shop and have it resurfaced because you know I don't want to blow any head gaskets after I've taken it taken it apart. You know, you pull the heads off sometimes. There's some stress from all the expansion and contraction that's held in the metal. You release all the pressure of the head bolts, and you know you end up with a little imperfection there that could cause you a problem. So, all right, bag on it. I'll, I'll take it to the machine shop and get them resurfaced, and I'll lap the valves in myself, put it back on. So now they're at the heads are at the machine shop. They're going to be magnafluxed and check which checks for cracks just to make sure there are no cracks anywhere. Um, going to have the guides, everything, but full rebuild on the heads. It, it just snowballed, and my conscience got the better of me, and I'm like, you know, I've got it apart. I might as well just spend the extra 400 bucks and be done with it and know that it's right. Um, and then I started thinking about all that after I was really happy and satisfied with myself. The fact that, you know, I was justifying all this in my head because, you know, now it's costing more and more and more. And then I kept thinking, you know, I really should pull the timing cover and put a new what set en- of gears and a chain. <laughs> what what engine does it have? 360. Oh, okay. So 360 V8. Okay. So you got yeah. two heads. So at that point, you change the timing chain. Uh, then you got to check the uh, main bearing, the rod no, bearing. Oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it snowballs. She gets out of control. It does. Um, you know, change so my... the oil pump. Change the water pump. Trust me, the water pump's getting changed. I've already handled handled that. I've got one ready on the shelf to go. And uh, heck on it, you keep you mentioned the oil pump. I'd already talked myself out of that one. Uh, I don't know how many miles on the engine. Only only sixty two thousand. The oil pump is probably still good. But the oil pump could be filled with dirt. So you might as well take the oil pump off, look at it out, and at that point, you might as well change the oil pump because it's exposed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like never, never ending. You know, I I didn't expect to uh, put this car in drive coast-to-coast condition. Uh, Maybe we should do that. Richard and Tom's Wild Adventure. Coast to coast in an ambassador. <laughs> yeah. As long so, as you got a good radio. <laughs> well, that's you know that's the fun of that's the fun of working on old cars. It keeps you going. It keeps you active. It keeps you poor. That's the way it goes. Yeah. No, it's true. It, but you know, you stop and think about it. You know, I have all of these friends that love to play golf. I started playing golf when I was a little guy. Um, I don't know. I must have been maybe 12 years old, 11 or 12 years old. And it, it 
it didn't go so well. My friend Scott Turnbull and I, um, I let's just say, we enjoyed driving the golf cart until it until it went into the lake. So and that was the end of my my golfing career. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I know what you mean. I tried many times, but I just can't get past that windmill. You know, I just the balls. I just can never do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, little point. <laughs> yeah. The point I'm making, though, is you know we spend money on our cars, and we do. Yeah. We do. But, but we have nothing to show for it. That's yeah. I mean, look, greens fees, playing golf, great golf clubs, which you have to have today if you're going to be competitive. You've got to have the best of the best. And you know what? It's really expensive. So, you know, I have friends that, you know, they dump a couple hundred dollars easy in a weekend playing golf. And, you know, what do they got? They can't drive it. So, nope, you know, nothing. That's nothing to show for it. I don't feel so bad. Um, before we were rudely interrupted by technology last weekend, we were going to talk about mm, the top must-have tools in the shop. And I know you have yeah. yours and I have mine. You go first. Yes, call the hammer. Call the hammer. <laughs> a a hammer. Uh, a I have a sledge. The sledge. You know? <laughs> In both sides, wait, wait, long wait. and short handle. <laughs> yes, long and short handle. Two pounds and four pounds. You know, when you work on British cars, for some reason, you get very frustrated. I don't know what it is. Things just don't fit right. And uh, sometimes that mallet has to come out. <laughs> you know, things fall off too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but besides having a good selection of mallets and hammers, and you got to have brass hammers, light ones too, uh, to tap things in very carefully. Uh, a good set of pry bars. I bought a set of pry bars from Craftsman years ago. I still got them. They never chipped. It's not that cheap cast metal because you don't want that to fling into your eyes. Uh, if you're not wearing uh, eye goggles. But, uh, you know, pry bars are very important. They come in handy. Break time, folks. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, 
you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. And, and we're back. So, uh... Yeah, talking about cameras. tools. So, like I said, hammers, uh, pry bars that are uh, good American-made half uh, metal. That's what you want so they don't break apart. Uh, years ago, when it was at Hershey, I bought a two-foot-long socket extension. And sometimes when you're trying to get off, you know, lug nuts or things like that, you need that extra-long, you know, arm. And uh, having a two-footer makes a huge difference. It's nice and thick. It was made by S&K, which, you know, was a great quality tool company. And, man, I use that thing quite often to get off stubborn nuts. So uh, a big, long socket extension, uh, man, you can't beat that. Helpful, you know, when your lumbago kicks in and you're you're not able to bend over as far as you used to, huh? Right, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if we're talking about just hand tools, but my, my favorite tool is my uh, media blasting cabinet. I mean, I use that. All the time, all kinds of things, even household items. If, if I find something at a tag sale and it's rusty, you know, but uh, having a B-blast cabinet along with the proper, you know, uh, air compressor that will keep going. Mine's a 60-gallon, two-phase, and uh, it just works great. I can't live without those things. What about you? What's your favorite tool? So, you so you know, hammers, you know, invariably end up on the list. I like a good dead blow hammer uh, or shot-filled yeah. hammer, um, right. you know, which is generally, you know, rubber-slash-plastic encased. Um, and, you know, when you hit it, it hits with a really res- nice, satisfying thud, but it doesn't tear anything up, unless you're smacking sheet metal with it, which ho- hopefully you're not. But uh, a dead blow hammer, as you said, a... Uh, hammer with both plastic, rubber, copper heads uh, to make sure that yep. you're not tearing up stuff, you know, um, when you're using the hammer. comes in real handy. Uh, I was, uh, in fact, I used a hard-tipped rubber hammer to get the valves out of the heads on the Mighty 360 the other weekend. Um, because, you know, if you use a regular ball peen, you're going to mushroom or distort the metal and all that does is cause clearance issues, yada, yada, and on and on. Um, so beyond that, six-point sockets, folks. I love yeah. six-point sockets because those 12-point sockets, yeah. they're easy to use, 
you know, easy to get them on and so on and so forth. And, you know, maybe once you loosen things up, you could use your 12-point socket. But never use a 12-point socket to loosen something that's old, rusted, worn, or anything else. Yeah. Because what you're, you're going to round the edges off of it. And your job that was going to take you 10 minutes is now going to take you like three days. So, uh, right. good quality six point sockets. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of cheap stuff out there that you can buy and most of it's all 12 point. Uh, as Rich and I say, good cars are cheap. Cheap tools are bad. And, uh, um, you know, so. Uh, automatic wire stripper. I love those things. I, I always thought they were sort of, you know, cheesy gizmos. Uh, you know, you buy them and they grab the end of the wire and they just seem to miraculously pull the insulation off without damaging the copper wire or whatever type of wires underneath. And I, I love those things. Uh, just so much better than trying to use a pair of diagonal cutters to get your insulin, strip your insulation. Or a pocket knife, or your teeth, or, or whatever. They just work really, really well. A good set of screwdrivers. Um, and that used to mean craftsman screwdrivers. But I can tell you. Or snap on. Yeah. yeah the- snap on had these screwdrivers that had a triangular handle. And it fits in your hand better, and you could. You could grab it better, and you get more twisting power with a triangular handle. But, you know, you pay the price. They're expensive. Everything that's good is expensive. But they work. The tree, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, they're ex- ex- exceptional. And, you know, if you want to be a little less... Um, a little less expensive than Snap-on, um, there's... Uh, Craft Form, which is a, a German company, they make a really good screwdriver. Um, you can buy them online, buy a set online, and uh, they're comfortable. And the steel is still good. That's my biggest problem with Craftsman. You know, I can put some really put some English on a tight slotted screw, and it, it twists the daggone blade. I mean, I know. I have no delusions. I'm not Hercules, so, you know, the metal must be cheap. It's not that I'm so strong. Um, so, yeah, good screwdrivers. The other thing is, particularly when it comes to Phillips screwdrivers, same is true really really for the um, regular standard screwdrivers for slotted screws, but always try to use the correct size Phillips. Don't just reach in the toolbox and grab whatever you've got because a number one or a number two is designed to fit those fasteners and the fasteners are designed to be removed and tightened by those size screwdrivers and so, you know, they fit snug and tight when you put them in there and you don't end up stripping out the head of the head of the screw which is, again, Another big pain in the, you know what? Listen to us, folks. We're going to save you time. You know, you know. Definitely. Speaking, speaking of saving time, there's one very expensive tool 
that I'm embarrassed you all haven't, neither one of you have mentioned, and that's that. Well, it might still be here. Well, that's that piece of pipe that you use as a cheater on your socket wrench, you know, and you put it over the end of it, and it gives you just that much more torque to break loose that nut. That expensive piece of pipe. Yeah, I don't even use, use a piece of pipe. I use the uh, jack handle on my uh, on my floor jack. That works too. It make, makes it easy, but uh, can't say enough about you know, the screwdrivers and using the right ones. Yep. I, I also have a portable tubing bender, and that comes in handy for so many things. Not only bending uh, hydraulic, you know great hard line uh, if you have to replace them but also different types of uh, you know like a hot water heater tube on my Triumph had to be bent a certain way I took out my tubing bender and put it in the vise and boom it was bent the correct way without you know crimping the corner of the uh, bend so uh, and, and they're not that expensive either so you know I have Found that I have used that many, many times through the years. So, yeah, there's all kinds of great tools out there. It really is. Um, another one that I really like, and it's a little less common. And you know, okay, I, I've never been a fan of adjustable wrenches. Occasionally, you need to use one. I'm not a fan of them because they do exactly what the 12 point socket does to nuts. It rounds the corners off and therefore makes things difficult down the road. But more recently, there is a locking adjustable wrench and you yeah. put, put it on, tighten it up, and then you've got a lock which is very much like vice grips and you pull it tight and it snaps into place and it takes all of that clearance out clamps it down tight and it they work really well um not good for every application always go for the you know uh six point socket six point combination wrench what have you first but if you need to use an adjustable wrench and sometimes you do the locking kind, they're not that expensive, under, you know, under 25 bucks for a good one, you know, it's a great tool. I, I love using them uh, you, when I need one. Do you know um, the real name of the adjustable wrench? It's actually... I'm sure you'll tell us. I'm going to tell you. A spanner? It's, it's called... A spanner? An, oh, no, it's, <laughs> ca it's called an Oklahoma socket. I've heard it called a lot of things over the years some which we can't repeat here on the uh, on the show <laughs> but uh, yeah the locking type is really a huge 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 improvement um, you know as Rich said blast media cabinet oh it's just so satisfying and so much fun you're there you're just blasting away all that rust and old dead paint and it just makes you feel good um, and then uh, a small, what I call a small gas axe. Um, oxygen acetylene torches are small pony set. They have small bottles that you can carry around. Yep. 
not that expensive, folks, and it comes in really handy at times. If, God forbid, you have to do some exhaust work, they're indispensable. Um, and then, of course, there's always, you know, that time where, you know, you've got a bolt, particularly if you're taking bumpers off of your uh, 1950 Kaiser that's been outside for years and years, you're going to maybe sometimes have to use it to blast the uh, bumper bolts off, just blow them off. Don't drive yourself crazy. You know you're going to have to replace them anyway. You just put the um, blowtorch end on that, get rid of it. And that's pretty daggone satisfying, too. Um, heck of a lot more fun than busting your knuckles when you know you're not going to reuse that fastener. And you're not going to destroy anything else in the process. Cheap, easy to use. If you can't do that, um, buy a uh, map gas head and use map gas. Map gas burns hotter. You can actually braise with map gas really well. Um, you can't just buy the cylinder, the map gas cylinder. It's like the little small propane cylinder. You can't use a propane head on map gas uh, because the venturi are wrong, but the orifices. But you can actually use a map gas head on a uh, propane uh, tanks. Uh, and we're up for another break. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And it is the perfect Christmas gift. Uh... How soon do they need to get their orders in to uh, make sure it gets on the Christmas list, Richard? Uh, they could get it in within the next two weeks. That'd be perfect. Okay, so folks, there you go. It is, and wouldn't you uh, agree, Tom, that it is the perfect Christmas gift? You know, I I have considered it such. You know, I mean. It, it, it's, you know, it's really okay, you know. <laughs> no, you know, I tell everybody who's willing to listen, and those are fewer and fewer people every day who who listen to me, but Crankshaft is so well executed. It, it really is. It pains me to tell you guys how good it actually is, because then I have to put up with Richard... Hold his head up while we're walking places, going to do stuff because uh, the magazine is really, really done. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> the magazine, hey. it, it is. It's great. It's you know, as I say again and again and again, and I experienced this 
last weekend doing some research on something. Don't believe what you see online. And, and actually, no. oftentimes you can't believe what you read in print either, sadly. But rest assured that what's in Crankshaft magazine has been well-researched and well-thought-out. That's not to say that no, everybody can make a mistake. But relatively right. speaking, it, it's extremely accurate in its historical references and everything associated with the articles. The photography is great. It's just great. It's just really enjoyable. You should be... I, I'm so proud of Richard. The la- I, I read the last issue. I lost three buttons off my shirt. So there you go. <laughs> okay, this would be a good well, time to, to, since we're uh, sort of ad-libbing something or the other, this would be a good time, too, to remind all veterans that like weapons to go to America's Web homepage and see what we're going to be giving away. If you're a veteran, this only applies to veterans. But if you're a veteran, I think you'll like what you see. We're going to take one more spot, and we'll be back with the Tom and Richard Show, Talking Tools. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's okay, Web Radio with Tom Cox three, and Richard Lentinello. Two, one, and it's yours. All right. All right. We're back. We were talking so. about tools. You know, you know we, everything we talked about was basically taking fasteners off. However, except for your, you know, six-point socket, which goes either way. But when you're reassembling things, there's a lot of critical torque settings. So you got to have a good quality torque wrench. I have a uh, half-inch drive uh, click type, and uh, it it works a treat. I mean, it, it works fantastic. Now they have all types of digital torque wrenches that are, you know, Probably average about two, three hundred dollars up to six hundred bucks. But I, you know, they, they even have built in micrometers and things like that. But, but mine is a simple half inch drive, uh, 20 pounds to a hundred pounds click torque wrench. And you really need it not only just for putting on cylinder heads, but you know, all types of, you know, uh, nuts have to be torqued to a certain degree. They can't be under torqued or all over tightened. Uh, for certain reasons, whether they're up against, you know, cast metal, aluminum, uh, components and things like that, which if you t- make them too tight, you'll crack those components. So a torque wrench is a must. Yeah, very helpful. Keep you from doing damage or distorting components when you're putting things back together. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, you don't just 
put as much English on it as you possibly can because sometimes it's going to come back to bite you. Um, one thing that I really love, and, you know, we've talked about our friends at the Cheap Chinese Tool Store before, and there are a lot of cheap tools there, and you know what we think, Rich and I think about that, but I did buy uh, Harbor Freight's upper level, if you will, Bauer, um, cordless impact, um, half inch, and I absolutely love that thing. It's great. I, I always torque my lug nuts. You know, I have a tire changer, so I can change my own tires and so forth, and I always torque my lug nuts when I put them back on. When I'm wanting to zip those babies off or if I'm in a position where I've already loosened something and I just want to make it happen fast, I just pull that thing out. It does an exceptional job. And the battery holds up. I honestly have never been in a situation where I, I've actually had to recharge it during use. You know, technology, it's just getting better. So I, How much I love is that? that thing. Uh, it cost me cost with a cube. I waited for a coupon, you know. <laughs> Once I waited for the coupon, I think it ended up costing me like 119 bucks. Um, and it was it's worth every worth every penny. I really have used it, and, and it's held up. But again, it, it's their upper sh- top shelf brand, if you will, um, Bauer. Uh, so it, it worked really well. Now another place I like to buy tools, you get a good estate sale or an auction yep. where the individual was a mechanic or, you know, a machinist or something like that, you can find some awesome, awesome quality tools because in some, a lot of these older tools, um, the metal is just better just held up like the old craftsman stuff and so i i look for that old craftsman stuff when i'm you know going to a yard sale or if i go to an auction files you know i i just the other weekend i stopped at a yard sale and i bought eight files and they were all just they looked brand new i paid 25 cents a piece for them wow all kinds of different files you really oh, took I mean, advantage of the poor widow. Wow, ten cents on the dollar. I mean, that's a good thing about yard sales, you know, with tools. If, if you know, if the people are in their nineties and the widow, you know, is uh, kind of lost half a senses, you you can really, you know, uh, walk away with a score, convince her that they aren't worth anything, and give us, you know, twenty five cents a file like you did. You really took advantage of the poor lady, but you know, good for you. <laughs> anyway, what you going to do with a Nicholson file? Is that what it was, a Nicholson file? Uh, actually, it, there were a ton of different brands, every different brand of file, triangular files, um, you know, bastard files, you name it. It was there, every type of file. Got I, I got a nice assortment, twenty-five cents a piece. <laughs> good, yeah. You need them. Got to have files, all kinds of stuff. You know, picks. You need those good picks too, not the uh, cheap Chinese ones. But you never know with you know uh, 
what you're trying to get at. But speaking of getting at nuts and bolts that fall down in the edge department, you got to have one of those long magnets on on a rod, on an adjustable uh, rod or stick. And I, I use that all the time because I'm always dropping stuff. So you got to have that magnet on a stick. It works great. And they're cheap, too. You can get them at Harbor Freight for like, you know, $5 if that. I also like the little uh, pickup tool. You know, it's about three feet long uh, with a flexible coil cable, and it's got the three little fingers and the button on the end. You know, you push the yeah, button yeah, and yeah. the little fingers come out. Yeah. And it's great for picking up stuff that you can't uh, reach with a magnet right. or sometimes using the telescopic magnet. Obviously, you're under the hood. With me, I drop the smallest screw. It goes into some little nook and cranny where I can't get to it easily. Right. And then if I do, do the telescopic magnet, of course, the magnet's trying to stick to every daggone thing except what I really want to pick up. Um, so I use that little three-fingered uh, tool to pick it up. Uh, those things are indispensable. And they're, they're cheap. They're cheap. They're a couple bucks. So, uh, yeah, I use the heck out of those. Glad you brought that up because I had totally forgotten about the little pickup tool. Worth its now, worth gold. Speaking of magnets, I have one of those little magnetic metal trays. So you put that on top of, you know, whatever you're working on. Let's say you're working in the edge department. You put it on, you know, uh, top of the engine. And as you take fasteners off, you put it in that little magnetic tray or bowl. And, uh, it prevents those, those, you know, fasteners from falling out. And you don't lose them. So those things usually run about $5. And, uh, they're worth their weight in gold. They really are. I have two of them. Yeah. I've got several of those. Um, but one thing I'll caution people, you know, I had a friend, bright guy, just not thinking. He was working on the car. He took that magnetic tray. He stuck it to the fender. And when he stuck it to the fender, he bumped into it. Well, it had picked up a lot of little tiny metal shavings from somewhere. And it just really messed his paint up big time. So make, make sure you stick it to something that you don't need to worry about, you know. Right. Um, don't don't put it on a painted surface. Whatever you do, um, just just yeah. easy to do. Um, so now that everybody's putting their cars away for the season up north, all the cars are snuggled in their beds, and um, we thought about covers. You know, uh, people do ask me about car covers. First thing I tell them, do not, unless it's a parts car, unless it's just a rusty heap and it's outside and you need to do something to make keep it from getting worse, don't use tarps on anything. Oh, no. Anything that's nice. Never use a tarp. They don't breathe. They do keep moisture right. out, but they don't breathe causes mold, mildew, and it 
just don't use them unless you, like I say, it's a parts car. You don't want it to get a whole lot worse. You know, use a tarp, no big deal. Um, in a pinch, maybe use a tarp. But the problem is, never use a tarp on an on a nicely painted vehicle because if you end up with any kind of wind, you're going to end up with that thing flapping around, causing abrasion, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how badly it damages your paint. Sometimes I've seen it have go all the way down to bare metal um, where people have been using tarps. So stay away from those tarps, folks. Um, there's a lot of, you know, difference between, you know, the storing your car in the garage or under a carport or out of doors. And if it's storing indoors, a lot of people, well, I don't need a cover. You do need a cover, whether it's indoors or out, but the application is different. Certainly, you know, an indoor cover, generally speaking, doesn't need to be as expensive and have all of the various uh, benefits that a more expensive cover has. Get something that's just going to protect the finish. You know from that errant whatever that flies across the room when you're working on something on the bench, something that might cushion the fall a little bit if something were to slip off of a shelf or bounce and uh, knock up against the car. It keeps the dust out. Um, you know, just offers some protection while the car's, car's in the garage. People used to say you couldn't get a car cover and use it outdoors without it tearing your car up. And I have to say that modern technology and materials has allowed a number of car covers to really excel. They breathe, but they're largely water resistant, and the inside is lined, and it really doesn't do a lot of damage. The key to it, though, is tying it down and, and having one that fits well. So that when it's windy, it's not flapping all over the place, rubbing across your paint. Because even if it's lined, if the wind comes up and it's moving back and forth, it's causing abrasion no matter how slight, and and it'll eventually cause you a problem. Yeah, I bought a car cover years ago. There was a company called Beverly Hills Motoring Accessories way back then. And back then, it was, it was the most expensive car cover. And I still have it, you know, 30, 40 years later. It's still in great condition. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Even though your car is indoors, got to put a car cover on it. Because you never know if a squirrel or a mouse gets into your garage or your barn, and they run across the, the hood, and, you know, they scratch it with their little tiny paws. So, uh, <laughs> good to have. And, and plus, you know, I mean, you don't want all that dust and dirt to settle. And before you know it, it works its way into the paint. So, uh, yeah, car covers are important. Yeah, if you're running a grinder, you know, a bench grinder, all the way across yeah. your shop, that stuff gets in airborne. It ends yeah. up, that dust, it settles out on your car. And it's abrasive. 
Oh, yeah, it gets right into the paint, you know. So, uh, yeah, good point. So uh, watch the eyelets. Make sure that if the cover you have has eyelets and it's not just elastic all the way around, make sure that, I, I mean, I have friends, what they do is they take um, Gorilla Tape, which is just a really good version of duct tape, and they put it over the eyelet, and then they punch the hole, repunch the hole through the Gorilla Tape, and that's what they use. So that tape yep. is not as hard. It sort of softens things. If the eyelet were to contact your paint, it's definitely going to do, do less damage. But, yeah, works really well. Some of them work really well. Um, seal skin is one that has a really good cover now, and they're relatively expen- inexpensive. Um, I, I think you can get one with a 10-year warranty for somewhere around 159 bucks, something like that. Um, but as I'm told, you know, they have limited sizes, so they're not a custom fit cover. If you want a custom fit cover, you got to go to California Car Covers or uh, Beverly Hills or, or someone like that where they'll you know, actually put together a custom fit cover for you. But anyway, covers are good. Um, yeah, no, you know what else is good? And it's something that people don't even give a second thought to, but to me it's, it's one of the best things I ever bought for my garage. I'm on the edge and of my And that seat. is, you ready for this? I am waiting. Rubber, a thick rubber floor mat. Years ago I went to this... Uh, guy who used to own a uh, restaurant and he had a garage sale and he had these five foot long rubber floor mats that they used in the kitchen you know when the cooks were working in the kitchen uh, so they don't get fatigued and it, it was real it's really thick it's probably three quarters of an inch thick and it has all these holes for you know for cushion and I picked it up for like 10 bucks and that is the best thing. I have it on the floor in front of my workbench, and when I'm standing on it, you really don't get tired, or at least you don't get as tired as if you were standing on concrete all day. So uh, you can pick those up at any tool shop now that they sell them. They're a lot thinner than the industrial ones for restaurants, but a good rubber floor mat is, is uh, you will love it. you got to have one. You know, um, very helpful, and you're absolutely right. That's why they have them in those places, because those people are on their feet all day long. All day. It's like having an insole, but outside a, a good, comfy insole, but it's outside of your shoe. It just right. makes, makes a world of difference. Um, you know, just to backtrack on the car cover thing, one one quick moment you know if you're going to shows and you're worried about rain of course I don't worry about rain but some people worry about rain and with good reason you know you have your brass era car it's an open car you don't want it to get rained on go online and there is a plastic car cover it's just clear plastic it's not very expensive don't use it for anything other than a couple hours of temporary uh, protection, but ZX Moto, and those things are five for like 35 bucks. You get five of them, 
and uh, you know you're out there to show an unexpected storm comes up they crunch up the size of a baseball they're a little larger than a baseball but something with softball let's say and uh, they're, they're great you know for only five for like like I said about 35 bucks for five of them ZX Moto um, you can find them online um, so we were talking and I know we won't get fully into it because we've only got a few minutes left to go but just changes in the car hobby and from my my perspective you know I, I still I'm very optimistic about the interest I do worry about government regulations becoming an increasing yeah. problem because you know well-intentioned penheads want to create laws that affect our hobby but it really for what purpose it really makes no difference what they do it just sounds good you know no substance symbolism but no substance um but i'm optimistic that i you know young people do like old cars um but I do think they're wanting to drive those cars more than show them these days. What do you think, Rick? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see this trend of, I don't know if you even call it a trend, but, you know, putting in more modern drivetrain but leaving the car stock-looking. Uh, I know some people are even going so far as putting electric motors, replacing their internal ah. combustion which I don't like and I don't agree with, but I'm saying just that's what people are doing. Uh, they love the look of old cars because they're distinctive. They have a certain characteristic that you don't get in new cars. All the new cars look at the, the same. But, you know, they, they, they want that old style, but they want it to be reliable. They want it to be more, you know, safety, you know, uh, safer to drive and things like that and, and, and more durable. So, yeah, they, you know... Uh, engine conversion seems to be popular. You know, disc brake conversions, of course, have been around a long time. That's good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what's involved in keeping young people or getting young people involved in the old car hobby with an old car that they could actually use every day to take to college and things like that. And, you know, trust me. Years ago when we had these old cars, back then they were just old cars. I mean, I was using my 64 Pontiac Le Mans to go back and forth from Brooklyn to Jersey where I worked. And I did that up until the mid-90s with that straight six. And uh, it just kept going. But, you know, with today's more crowded roads and things like that, things are a little different. So uh, it is what it is. And uh, as long as we don't go full mod, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I So... I totally disagree with the logic of putting an LS1 in place of a 66 Cadillac 429. I'm totally against it. Only because, you know, people say, well, it's a reliability factor. Well, you know what? If the engine's all clapped out and it's got 100,000 miles on it and it's seen nothing in its crankcase but Quaker State okay, maybe you've got a case because it's going to cost a fair amount of money to rebuild that 429. But 
If it's not, if the engine's in good condition, there's no reason to put an LS1 in there. It just is not. You know, you can always keep those cars going. They they require very little, and they're, they're much more reliable than anyone imagines, except for those of us that drive these things a lot. But... You know, yeah, you need to put a new water pump on. Yeah, you need to replace your belts. You need to replace your hoses. Um, you know, you need to, if you're still running points and condenser, you're still going to have to put them in every couple thousand miles. But you know what? It's easy. And you can work on it on the side of the road if you break down. You sure put in can. these con- yeah. com- computer-controlled LS1 and you're motoring along and you lose a processor, you know, you're done. You're out. It's over with. Time for the uh, tow truck. Old cars, clean the points, check something, change something else, do this or that, and you're back back in, back in action again. Um, when I've taken long I'm trips... If if you want if if you want a modern type of driving experience, then just drive a modern car. You know, it's very yeah. simple. You know, a, a lot of old cars are great for back road driving, but not for sustained highway speeds. Especially today, when you you know when you're zipping up the Hershey on Interstate 81 and you're in the right lane doing 75, but everyone's passing you doing 80, 85. You know, when you have splash lubrication and Babbitt bearings and all that stuff, they really yeah. can't take that sustained highway driving, especially when they have miles on the engine. So, uh, you know, if you want a modern car, modern driving experience, then just buy a modern car. But Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, We've only got a few seconds left, but in closing, I just want to say how much we appreciate everyone out there that's been listening. Yes. The, the show is doing great, and we really appreciate you putting up with us, huh? Thank you, folks. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Happy Turkey Day. And, and, and buy a subscription, Crankshaft Magazine. It'll come all year. Your friends will think of you. All year long. Take care, folks. Take care, folks. Great weekend. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.